0: Hey everyone, very quick pre-show this week. Few things to get out of the way before this episode. First up, thank you all so much for over 45 star reviews on Spotify. Thank you all, seriously, so much for this. By now I thought at least someone, one person, would have put four stars there. But as of right now, not at all. This might seem like a small milestone, but really it means a lot to me and to Niels. This is really amazing getting this kind of feedback for our show. Speaking of milestones, we also hit 4,500 followers on Twitter and we are well on the way to our 5k. And there's a special surprise coming when we hit that, several actually. Think back to our 2k celebration, but even bigger, yeah, it's about to be weeks of celebration After celebration, after celebration, after celebration. So much celebration, everyone. (laughs) Okay, enough about us and onto our projects. Why Your World Matters is a long-dragging thing. But I got it done, basically. Now just to do the last bits on the promo, finally get the thing going. Trust me, we are getting there. Titans Call Episode 1 and 2 were recorded. We also talk about that in the episode. And we are hyped to the maximum for the next recording sessions. We are on the finishing line for this project to actually drop and I can't wait to share it with you all. Okay, and with that, there's nothing left for me to do but to wish you all a lot of fun listening to this episode 48 of Double DM about how to get the best feedback.
1: Hello and welcome back to Double DM. With me, as usual, is my lovely co-host Emil. How are you today?
0: I am doing pretty, pretty, pretty damn fine. Nice. Tell me
1: about it. Any th- specific reason why?
0: Well, the last few days have been rather sunny here in Berlin, Germany, and it's... Been pretty warm outside, so the weather is getting better. My mood is getting better, and that's a fucking win. Oh yeah, it is. Weather just has beautiful infa- effect on the general mood of. General sunlight is important for us humans, right? I mean, if you go out into the sun, you can actually feel yourself getting better. Yeah. So go outside, people. Though, li- go outside. Put this episode on your speak on, on on your headphones and go outside now. Let's go. Why are you still sitting at home? Go. Why? Why? Go. go. Just, I don't just, think just... we can make these people go outside. Nils, you had a session this week. Yeah. A session of Curse of Strahd. Oh, yeah. Do you want to tell me about it?
1: Sure. It was basically an introduction to the whole Curse of Strahd theme setting and whatnot. And most of it was, or all of it was basically role-playing, getting to know the characters. And we have a interesting
0: Cast I of characters. Ooh. Yeah. Okay, tell me about it.
1: We have a an Owlin barbarian with a very short temper, one pretty naive young homebrew class of the DM, mm-hmm. one French inspired arcane trickster rogue, kind of snobby and stealthy.
0: Snobby and stealthy. The new yeah. way of playing rogues. <laughs>
1: And one moth (laughs) haladin. It's just why would it be a moth? But anyways, then we have a human battle master fighter looking like Chad, or at least he was described like stereotypical meme Chad. And then we have me, a tiefling rune knight fighter. Mm -hmm. Pretty stern, but when he gets into the zone of the topics he is interested about, he just keeps on going and basically turns it into a lecture. Mm -hmm. And there has been one scene where we talked about burial rituals and stuff like that one character didn't understand why most characters or most people value their dead so highly and this is exactly the the gem of my character to talk about this and then he just held a lecture basically for two and a half hours about Burial rituals, why are they important, for whom are they important, and stuff like
0: that. Interesting.
1: Yeah, and will be fairly interesting to see where all this goes because the group dynamic is we basically can work together enough to accomplish things, but have enough points of contact where it can lead to some interesting character interactions.
0: Mm-hmm. And you've obviously also entered Barovia. Exactly.
1: We are currently in the village of Barovia and now seeing what all of this might entail trying to find a way back or how
0: we can, ac- however, we can accomplish that. Mm-hmm. Interesting, interesting. Generally, Curse of Strahd is regarded as the or one of the best adventures for fifth edition. Mm-hmm. And I had some talks with your DM about it because you as the normal, usual sounding board for DMing couldn't have been consulted. So I was consulted about some things for your games and... We talked a bit about, generally, um, Curse of Strahd and what we think of it and how we think of it and and what we change in it. And I don't want to get into this because obviously you're a player and you would then, then get spoiled and I don't want that for your GM. But I have been really enjoying the talks I've had with your DM about this because it's been a lot of fun to see someone else prep and to see someone else run their games. And it kind of reminded me of, why we started this whole thing here really to talk about how we run our games and to talk about how to improve our games and 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 exchange ideas and all of that stuff and it's been a lot of fun and
1: yeah just seeing a different perspective sometimes helps you just realize things that you could do differently.
0: Yeah, and I've been really enjoying what we've been talking about for their game and for what you are to encounter, and for how uh, Curse of Strahd was um, changed, because some of you already know Curse of Strahd.
1: Well, I don't know. I, we played the Death House once, but we skipped that. So, yeah. let's see where all of this is going to go, and I'm pretty sure you both did an awesome job to adapt it to wherever it may want to go.
0: Yeah, I have been loving what uh, that has been cooked up for you guys, even though it might not be encountered soon, but at some point. Yeah. So, Nils, yes. there has also been something else this week that oh, I yeah. think you're eager to talk about yes
1: i am i i have to hold myself back a bit to not just spoil everything we had the first recording of titan's call and fucking hell i loved it it was just it was one of the best if not the best session I ever had just putting this I think if I get more into this you might not be able to stop me so yeah please you talk about it because I can't hold myself back then
0: so Titan's Call is as I hope nearly everyone knows already is our show D&D 5E actual play podcast about a world that is very cruel very dark but also very beautiful in the spots where you encounter it and very 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 deep mystery and expansive lore at places that isn't designed to be lore dumps but is designed to be discovered slowly by my players. Who nils is one of them. We don't have a release date yet for this show but we recorded the first one and second episode already and it's been great. We've had the big thing. We, If you know the promo images of Titan's Call you know that it's about some ancient evil that has awakened and is angry now and my players got to meet that ancient evil and escape its impossible, near unstoppable destruction. And now they want to find out how they are involved in this, why they are involved in this, and what this all shit has to do with Something that is happening around them.
1: Oh yeah, oh yeah! I'm so hyped for the next session because it's just I I want to know more. Mm-hmm. Y- you mm-hmm. caught me, my character, and I
0: think everyone else at the table as well. Yeah, I I, I um you know when you run a, such a good session that you believe this hasn't th- this can't be that good. Yeah, 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 yeah. But because exactly that is the feeling I've had for the last two days or something. I've it, it's still surreal and I still have to process what the fuck actually happened. And I wrote the damn thing.
1: Yeah. Then you can imagine what is going on in my head. It is just, I had to let everything sink in that happened. And I'm not nearly finished with this. It's just, it happened so quickly and it happened so much mm. that I can't really comprehend yet. Yeah. I still have to figure everything yeah. out. And then once we draw those cross connections, where it may came from and blah, 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 all that kind of good stuff this will take it to the next level yeah
0: the first two episodes of titan's call are designed to let my players not actually think much um so if people are uh, when it comes out a little bit um curious of if that is gonna be the whole series no it's not i designed especially episode one to be this grand opening which with chaos with destruction and with a lot of what the fuck is happening actually so bear in mind that that is not gonna be the whole season or the whole show but the the whole show is more like episode two three and probably four which then draws on for i don't know how long but i can tell you the Titans' call will be in a seasonal structure that means that we won't be having 150 episodes of it and that have an end of a campaign but that there will be breaks in between arcs and maybe chapters in the campaign, meaning that there is time for different games to be played by us. Because what we set out in the beginning, when we said we wanted to do also actual play content is to not just run D&D. No offense against the people that only run D&D or maybe also Pathfinder because those games are great, but I wanted from the beginning that we are not D&D only, that we introduce people to different games that we've enjoyed in the past that we think they will enjoy as well, which are... I'm not saying that these games are coming as actual plays, but I am saying that these are the games that I have enjoyed and I would probably love to do actual plays. Or that I want to definitely play with my group, which is the Dark Eye, which is a German. It's fantasy adjacent and kind of D and D like. So also we don't own, don't want to do that only, but we. All, I also want to do Delta Green, maybe, and something cyberpunky or spacey, aka Starfinder, for example. Mm-hmm. Right, those yeah. type of games, or Veil vale of the Void Reforged, I have is laying around here next to me. Those type of games as well, and I because i just don't want there to be only one game on this channel next to this discussion which is as we have to tell you guys it's mostly D, but not only we we try to also tell you that th- this works in other games as well and uh, try to be system agnostic but obviously dnd is the main discussion point because for most people it's the game they play and for us it's the game we connected over so it's gonna be a lot of D focused stuff but never only D and D. Yeah, most of our examples usually come
1: from D and D campaigns we played or stuff like that. Mm. Because it's in especially these fantasy medieval settings are probably most of the settings we play in as well. Not, yeah. not only, but mostly. Yeah. That's why those examples come to our head a lot faster than the others.
0: Yeah, uh, 100%. And obviously also with the name Double DM, which is D&D focused as well, you can imagine that it's D&D mostly, but not all only dnd i really want to make that very clear that i never want this to be a dnd only thing this project this show that has evolved over the last year but all in good time titan's call is coming first after that we will have different stuff some stuff by Neil. some stuff by me with a, an even bigger cast than we have for titan's call with more oh, yeah. people with different people maybe people from the community as well our friends that we've made along the way we will see so yeah uh, everyone be hyped for what is every whatever is coming next for Double DM. Be hyped for Titans Call. And I think that wraps up our week. Yes. Wasn't that eventful this week?
1: Yeah, but it happened enough. You know, and <laughs> it happened. Uh, awesome things happened. Yeah
0: so awesome things happened. So everyone, with that, after a short break, we will hear you for our topic about player feedback. If you like what you are hearing, then give us a follow on the platform you are listening to us. And give us a like, 5 star rating and or review on that platform to boot. That way you can support the show so we can keep doing what we are doing in bringing you insightful discussions and knowledgeable advice. If you wish to book affordable ad space on this show that would play instead of this recorded message, contact us on Twitter or per mail with our business email WDM pod at gmail.com. Now, back to the episode. And with that, welcome back to the episode.
1: Now we're talking about feedback. And as usual, my first question to Emil, what does feedback mean?
0: Well, feedback for me means any way that someone gives me information about what I did, to put it very simply.
1: Yeah, but that's a little too rough for my
0: taste. Yeah, because
1: it is. you can give information about things someone did without yeah.
0: giving them feedback. Yeah. Well, the first thing about feedback is it's information about how, in the sense of TTRPGs, a DM did. When the player gives the DM feedback, it's how well did the DM do? How well did they run the session? How well did they play that NPC? How well did they run the combat? How well did they do this, this, and this, right? Yeah. With the goal of improvement. Mm -hmm. When someone gives you feedback, it's about you improving your style while they give you information about what you did and maybe how you could do it better or just saying, these are the points where I think you could do better. Focus on that.
1: Exactly. It kind of ties into some sort of criticism,
0: but in a good and constructive way. Yeah. Well, feedback is constructive criticism. Exactly.
1: But there is a distinction to be made between constructive criticism or feedback and destructive criticism, because one is sought after, and the other one shouldn't exist, in my opinion.
0: Well, the thing, right, I don't know about the not exist part of it, but I agree feedback and constructive criticism. Let's say feedback is the most well-intentioned way of putting the thing, of giving someone information about what they could do better. Yeah. Constructive criticism is, for me, pointing out the flaws and how to do it better. Criticism Mm -hmm. is just pointing out the flaws, and then theoretically there's also insult, which is not just pointing out the flaws, but just saying you did bad. Yeah. And I say this now, if someone comes to you after your session, you run for them and they just go, that was a bad session. I hated that. Without giving you any pointers why or how to improve, that's just them insulting you. You don't have to focus on the people. Focus on those that say, well, I like the combat, but the NPCs kind of felt flat for me. So, I don't know, could you maybe try to make your NPCs more three-dimensional and that that's criticism that's constructive criticism or feedback that's someone that went okay I like what you did but that could be better and and even if they don't know how it's not expected of people when I ask for feedback it's not I don't expect people to give me the answers I just want them to give me their opinions their feelings on things so I can try to find out what to do yeah what
1: I expect from my players when I ask for feedback is that they stir up questions on things that I could do better and how I can do better without them telling me this is how you should do it. Mm -hmm. Just saying, yeah, maybe the characters... Or the NPCs you did, I liked the personality, but they didn't really come out as much as we would have liked to. And then I can question myself, okay, how can I accomplish this? Mm-hmm. How can I make them more dynamic, more in-depth, basically? Yeah. Yeah. Or how can I show it to them better? Yeah. Just stirring up questions that you ask yourself and then answer yourself, mm-hmm. just mm-hmm. by feedback or input from your players or people you ask mm-hmm. for feedback for.
0: Yeah. So I would say to get away from the splitting we do at the beginning of each episode, to what we talk talk about this episode, what we call feedback is every well-intentioned criticism feedback you get, right? We don't talk about when someone says your session is bad. We can't talk about that because it's just not worth your time to deal with someone that says your session is bad without giving you the reasons why. But if someone says, I didn't like that, and that's because this, that's something you can work with. It might not be that well put because normally you have learned as well. I can think, and I did in school, good feedback feedback or constructive criticism is always started with something positive yeah I like this but that other thing I didn't like as much if someone this is not we are not in school here we're not in college or wherever or in a job we are here at a hobby fund if someone starts with something bad it doesn't mean that they have bad intentions or anything if someone gives you a point where you can work on and says what they think you should be working on or what you can work on or give you any pointers that's what we talk about if people actually give you something Something you can work with.
1: Yeah. And I think just to the point you just made with starting with a good thing, it just sets the mood right. If you compliment something, someone might be more down to accept sort of criticisms or things that they mm-hmm. could improve on because they feel good. Yeah, I did a good thing, but there are small things that I could maybe change.
0: That's the exact reason why you do that, right? Yeah. That's why you should do that because it, it just relaxes the person that you're just now giving feedback to. They know, wow, this wasn't all bad. But there's yeah. still something I can improve on now. Yeah. But I did and that good. And, and and that also is feedback. If someone says that was good, that's just as much feedback. Yeah, because you know what you did good and can exactly
1: do the same thing, basically. If they say, yeah, your combat, your combat was run near flawlessly. Mm-hmm. It was exciting. It was different. It wasn't just rolling dice and hitting things with a stick. You know that you did good in that section mm-hmm. and you don't have to work on that. Mm-hmm. But then maybe roleplay. Okay, I can do that because I don't have to put work into my combat combat section anymore, because I
0: know I did great. Exactly, and right, that's the thing, that's feedback, basically. Feedback also includes the, I did that well, because for feedback, the difference between feedback and criticism for me is, feedback is any kind of, hey, that, and then I like that, or I dislike that. That's both feedback, yeah. and, and then also saying why. For example, I liked your combat, because it was descriptive, because it was engaged, because it was cinematic, or whatever. Then you know, okay, cool, I can do that more. And if someone says, hey, I didn't like your combat, but because it felt not as cinematic as I would have hoped then you can also work on that and that allows you to, to always find out where you should put in more work to improvement. Because the goal of this, of feedback, is improvement. And yeah. if someone gives you any kind of feedback, in, que- in quotation marks, that is not focused on your improvement, you shouldn't focus on it, people. Please don't. If someone says your game is bad because it didn't have any dragons in it, well, then don't give a fuck, please. It's for your own sanity. <laughs> exactly. But yeah, so, we talked a lot about what feedback is is and how, what criticism is and all of that stuff. So we only focus now on the side where improvement is the goal. As is with this podcast, really. Yeah. This podcast's main idea was that we both improve as gems and if someone on the way improves as well, that's perfect. So people, if you have feedback for us, please give it to us. We want to improve this podcast thing or maybe one of our points, you disagree with that. Send us a message and we can have a talk about it or we can have you on one of our episodes if we think that that would be possible or whatever. Sure let's go. <laughs> but okay, Nils, yeah. now comes the question. Okay, we talked about what we want. We talked about what we talk about. But how do, you get, how do you get feedback? It starts
1: fairly early into playing because it starts right off the bat with, I would even say finding dates or organizing sometimes. Mm-hmm. It just may be easier for people to write in a group or have a shared calendar to find a good timestamp or a time spot where you could play. This is something where you can already get feedback, but you just have to ask for it. And the next big thing or place where you can get feedback would be session zero. You set expectations and talk about campaign themes. And this is a place or a time where you can already ask for feedback. Is this what you all wanted or all sorts of things? This is what session zero is for. Basically, Mm -hmm. it is a session where you talk about organization and then get feedback for it so you can improve on that Mm -hmm. and make Mm -hmm. the best campaign you can from the get go.
0: Yeah. I mean, we talked a lot about session zero and especially expectation management before and i've always had a had a problem putting it into words why i think it's so important and i think this kind of just amplifies that because this session zero and especially expectation management is just feedback before anything has happened you get feedback from your players your players say i want a lot of mystery and that's something you can incorporate that is already feedback from your player i want mystery and then you can kind of expect If you don't have a lot of mystery in your games, your player will come to you. I like this, yes, but I want more mystery, right? It's you can preemptively get feedback before your game, before you even have done anything for your game. I know it's then it's not feedback because for feedback, something needs to happen before, but just to say session zero is already kind of feedback for you so you can improve or change your style at least of how you dm because everyone has a style you might not be able to put it into words or something but you have your own style if your person x niels has the niels dm style i have the email dm style every one of our guests has their own dm style might not be able to put into words but their name is the dm style at least and if they have a session zero with a group they can find interests and ideas and expectations and what all and change their style already. Mm -hmm. So the feedback they later on get is well more managed because they know what the players want. They can cater to those needs and wishes and then the feedback will be more precise catered to that experience you've just catered from the wishes. So, yeah, session zero is important, everyone. Exactly. Don't sleep on that. It's hugely important. Yeah. Another place where you can get feedback is, after every single session, at least I do it, did you guys have fun? I know. One thing, that question is not a good way to get feedback. But I still ask it anyway at first because that gets the discussion going. But don't stop at that question, please. People, please don't stop at, did you guys have fun? Because players will always answer yes. At least if they enjoy you and your game? Obviously, the answer is yes. So every player we want feedback from, as we discussed earlier, will say yes.
1: Yeah, and then you can ask follow-up questions. Okay, what did you like about it? Something like this. And then it starts, as Emil said, the discussion about what you liked, what your players disliked, and stuff like that. So mm-hmm. you get more condensed or better catered feedback to the things you did in that session rather than just saying, yeah, it was good, done. Because that doesn't really
0: help. And yeah, you, you sit there and think, okay, yeah, cool, they liked it, but why?
1: Exactly. So you can't really focus on the things you did good and improve the things you didn't do as good. Mm-hmm.
0: You need yeah. the the. I mean, the discussion thing, part. Yeah. I mean, the thing is, if you ask "Do you have fun, then they say yes, and you don't know why. It could also be because they were together with their group of friends and had fun, but had nothing to do with your game. That isn't helpful feedback for you to improve. Remember, every time I say improve, this is the main goal I have as a GM. I use every step, every session as a learning experience. Every oh, session yeah. I use to improve myself for future sessions to for my future players, for the same players for the next session. And if a setback comes it happens too, I don't care. It's okay, I might feel bad about it, but I can always push forward and do the next session. I can always go further. That's what makes you a good GM in my opinion. In my opinion, a good GM is the GM that isn't a dick to their players, that facilitates fun at the table for all involved, also themselves, and those that always want to improve. That never think, I am the best, I am ever gonna be, I am the best of all. No, you're not. You can always improve improve yeah. you can always find a new game to play which doesn't fit your style and then you can expand your style you can always improve
1: yeah you might be the best you have ever been but you are not the best that you could be mm-hmm. you, you improved on the things you got feedback from but there's still room left to
0: grow always mm-hmm. Because that's just how it is. Yeah. But for example, coming back to the sessions, to every session feedback, right? I would say, especially because most sessions are kind of scheduled, obviously, you meet up for four hours and you want to play as long as you can. It's okay to take the last 20 minutes of your planned four-hour session time and play one of the after-session tools that there are outside there, Roses and Thorns, Stars and Wishes, for example, are the two big ones I know of and I use, which allow you and your table to kind of play around. Obviously, Stars and Wishes and Roses and Thorns kind of also include player-to-player feedback and not just player-to-DM feedback, but they still get a discussion going to talk about the game, what they enjoyed, what they didn't enjoy, and all of that stuff, and that helps. But I would say keep this discussion short, but obviously not too short. But you don't have to do it like an hour long. It's, did you guys have fun? And then think about what you did in the session. A lot of people say that there's a one-to-one session divider one small thing at the beginning one big thing in the middle one small thing at the end and that's a four-hour session normally and yeah that could be true That can be true and for example your two thing was a big combat you had in the middle of the session ask your players okay how did you enjoy the combat and why did you enjoy it was it because the battle map was engaging was it because the enemies were hard or was it because you guys rolled well if they say yeah we rolled well well tough luck that's not good feedback for you because you can't influence dice except you fudge but We talked about that. Lead your feedback a bit. Let your players lead the feedback session.
1: Yeah, uh, and you touched on a big thing there. You could could have designated feedback sessions, basically. Mm -hmm. If you feel there's something you need to talk about over a longer period of time or more than 10 minutes or 20 minutes or something like this, because there's some issue in quotation marks that you want to fix or want to improve on or anything like this you can say yeah please let's meet up and talk about this i I want to improve on that you can have Mm. a designated two to four hour session basically just discussing the things everyone is comfortable with is basically just give feedback to everyone but condense it into one session as a whole not and at the end of every session of
0: normal game yeah it's totally okay to take one of your weekly sessions every let's say 10 or 12 sessions to be just a condensed meetup of everyone talking about the game. I know some people do not enjoy that they carve out their time out of their week out of the busy two job week and then just talk about the game but really talking about the game trying to find points where you can improve as a player and as a GM is the best thing you can do for oh, me. Yeah. I What I do with my players because we have the flexibility of that to then schedule extra sessions. For example I did it for one of my games and every player got their own one and a half hour session to talk with me Mm -hmm. just me no one else all the feedback they want to tell in a private setting was good (laughs) my players gave me a lot of feedback for the game it improved a lot my players since then have said they want to do this more often and they after that started enjoying the game more they said so themselves to me and i believe them in that because i did too yeah that's what feedback is for improving yeah it's not for ignoring (laughs) Exactly. But one thing, you don't have to do these condensed sessions. I believe that they are a luxury, kind mm. of. You don't need them, but having them is great. Exactly. I'm not advising that you need to do them, because if you do little feedback sessions after every game, that should be fine enough. One thing is, though, what what I can advise is have a communication channel with your players open at every time, basically. I'm not saying okay. you should be always online on, I don't know, any messenger or Discord or whatever, but giving your players the option and making it known that they can come to you whenever they want with questions feedback wishes or whatever is a huge thing oh and yeah yeah you, may- you might have that option people but make it known to your players that they have the option available. It's not enough to say, well, yeah, I'm always available on Discord for them if they don't know that. Make exactly. it known to them and then they will use it. When you say, I'm always available to answer questions on Discord or feedback or whatever, and then a few days later, your player comes to you, I didn't even know this. Hey, I have these points. What about these? Can we talk? And then you go, oh, cool. I get even better feedback now because yeah. my players, they now know they can communicate with me through Discord. Yeah, and the thing about feedback is any sort sort
1: of feedback helps as small as it may seem it can lead to big changes Mm -hmm. sometimes so if you feel yeah it's just a small thing don't be shy just tell your gm about it give Mm -hmm. him feedback or them feedback just do it communication 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 as always ttrpgs are a social game so you have to communicate it's at the core of everything it's a communication game so do it Mm-hmm.
0: Even out of games, yeah. So TTRPGs are social and communication games first. Use these two things. Okay, so Niels, we touched on it the last. 15 minutes, but please put it into words for me. Why is feedback so important?
1: Because most of the time will lead to a better gaming experience for everyone at the table including yourself. Yes. You get more comfortable with everything you do because you know what can do great and what you cannot do great yet, but you know where to improve. So you do that Mm -hmm. and then it gets better at everything. So the whole enjoyment as a whole of the table, of the sessions or whatever you are doing just gets better. You just Mm -hmm. enjoy things more
0: when you get feedback because you can work on things, period. Yeah, like you said, it's for improvement. Improving your game, improving your skills, improving your experience, whatever. That is what feedback is for. That's why it's important. Because it improves. Because it gives you a good way to improve, let's say, efficiently. Even though this isn't about min-maxing your experience of the games or your skills of the games. But if you have pointers where to focus, where to improve, it's easier to improve. That's true in every regard, in every field, in every Everything, really oh, if yeah. someone gives me feedback on how i code at work that's gonna help me improve if someone does it for dming that's gonna help me improve it really does anywhere but also it allows conversation to happen oh, right yeah. it, it's about conversation it's about ttrpgs are also about making compromises mm-hmm. making agreements with people we can do this and then that and then that and so everyone knows that bad feedback leads conversation. Like we said, at the end, you have a conversation about what went well, what didn't go as well, and all of that stuff. That is a conversation. And that allows for a lot of more than just feedback. Oh yeah, oh yeah. It can just, all these things can
1: lead to a awesome creative dialogue to improve on your world building, your session running, everything. Because you just get new ideas that you have
0: not thought of yourself. Yeah. A player goes, I didn't like that combat very well, because the enemy wasn't engaging, really. It was just i he hit three times with this great sword okay cool and then another player goes okay yeah yeah yeah. true but also they come and then now this is a bad example but maybe he's a fighter and all of th- and that and that and that and then this comes to like this chain of causalities or something that you can work on really this feedback discussion at the end is just a conversation it's and feedback always comes in conversations and that's why it's important because as soon as you're talking to your players talking to other dms or where um and just talking with the intent of improving your game, you will arrive at a conclusion at that po- at that moment. Oh, yeah. Definitely. Because, okay, this enemy wasn't engaging. So why was that? Because he, di- he only attacked with his sword. Okay, so we should diversify this enemy with spells. Cool. Which spells could he have? Which spells are engaging? And boom, that's what you have. You don't even have to do this improvement at home alone when your players are gone or whatever. You can do that. While you get the feedback yourself, because if you have the D- other DM at your table, they might have an answer they can give you. They can say, "Well, I would do it this way because that would then work," and then you can evaluate: hmm. Does that work for me? Does that work for my games? Hmm, maybe not, but that's a good idea. I could do this. Boom. Yeah, that's a conversation. It's all for improvement, but it also allows other people. For example, if their other DM then sees, "Hmm, you have a way better idea than I do. Maybe I should try that." Also, improvement. Once again, it's yeah. all for improvement, and it's really as soon as it's well-intentioned feedback as we said at the beginning it's always gonna lead to improvement
1: yeah and uh, these feedback communications after the sessions i really enjoy them when there are dms that play at my table and in quotation marks normal players you know what i mean Mm -hmm. because the dm players know what is roughly going on behind the screen because they've been there themselves. And you get basically three different points of views from the same table. And mm. just this just irons out every kind of little bump, because you can shine light on it from multiple different angles. And this just helps you see different things more clearly and then focus yeah. on them it's awesome
0: 100 right so nils i have another question for you we talked about what feedback is how you get it and, and why it's important really but we didn't talk about we kind of only touched on it we didn't put it into words what feedback do you actually want like right? we said we want feedback that actually gives us points where we can improve but what does that mean mm, we, we used some examples Mm -hmm. for that but if you want to take
1: or leave it more vaguely but yet defining i would say give us pointers where we can improve on on specific things and be as specific as possible. Mm -hmm. For example, if you liked the combat but didn't like the roleplay, tell us what about the roleplay was it you disliked? Was it I didn't do character voices? I didn't do that. I didn't do that. But be as specific as possible without losing any of your points.
0: Yeah. The more specific you are, the better that then is an example of what the DM didn't do as well or could improve on, right? I didn't like... the voice of Lord Belga you did. Okay. Then, then the DM can ask, okay, what voice did I do for Lord Belga? Okay, that one. Why, did, why didn't why did they like this voice? Then the DM can ask, okay, what did you dislike about the voice? And then the player can go into that. But the feedback we want is the feedback where we can improve, right? That's easy peasy. That's what we said already. But the feedback where it allows to actually change something. Yeah. Because if you say, well, I did not enjoy the game. Because there were too many elves in it. That's not a good feedback. Yes, the DM could change something about that. They could write out elves out of the game. But that's not really good feedback. (laughs) Yeah. Because it doesn't allow really the DM to change anything about their style, their games or something, right? Okay, yeah, let's take this example. You you play D&D and there are opportunity attacks. And you say I dislike combat because there were opportunity attacks. Sure, the DM can write those out of the game, but that's not improvement on the DM's part. That's the DM changing Dungeons & Dragons to your wishes. That's not good feedback. Good feedback is specific to the DM and the game they are running. Not the game they used to run the game. Th- this now gets confusing, but t- to the st- story to the adventure they are running. You need to focus only on the things where the person you you are giving feedback to actually can do something about the way they do it. Yeah, S- telling someone I don't like your game because it's D and D isn't good feedback if you think about it. Sure, if the question becomes which system are we gonna use for this campaign, and you did a session zero with D and D, or you did a session one with D and D, and you said, well, I don't enjoy D and D, let's change to a different system, that could be a thing. But if you join a and D game and say I did not like the game because it was D and D, that's not feedback the DM can use to improve at all. Yeah. And then let me ask you a question right about that. How mm-hmm. do you deal with that? With impossible feedback, basically. Yeah. Well, as a DM, when I get impossible feedback, and this can range from feedback that is, yeah, I just had fun in the discussion, and then not going into further why, they, because the player can't put their thumb on it. Or feedback like, I didn't enjoy the game you were running because it's D&D. Well, for the first thing, if a player just goes and isn't giving good enough, Feedback because they don't have an idea of what to say or don't want to say anything. You can put a little pressure on it, basically. You can say, Okay, well, what did you enjoy? Please tell me. Okay. And then you can go very specific questions where you might think you are in need of improvement. So, you know, I'm not as- that good at character, at, at designing three dimensional NPCs. So you go in and ask the player specifically, not let them say what they enjoy, but say, Okay, how did you enjoy this specific NPC? I like them. And then you go, okay, was it because of this or was it because of this or was it because of how I played them or was it because of how the, what they did or something? But- Basically, going to the point of where you ask your players yes or no questions can still be feedback. It's not as good as letting letting your players think and do their own talking, but it still gives you the feedback you sometimes need or want. If someone goes, I didn't enjoy your game because it's D&D, there's a very simple way to deal with these people. A very simple way to deal with people that give you feedback you cannot work with. You ignore it. Yeah. And better yet, you kick the player. I'm sorry oh, yeah. to everyone that thinks that this is not a good way to handle it, I do not have the fucking time to deal with people that just criticize me in a way that doesn't help me. Yes. No problem if you give me if you say, I did not like your game at all because of these things. That's okay. But if you say, your game was shit, it was fucking bad, well, guess what you're going to do? Never be at my table again.
1: Yeah, it, it might not even be, I don't have the time for that, but I just don't want to deal with those people. Yeah. I just don't have the nerves for it. I might
0: have all the time in the world, but I just don't give a shit about them then. Yeah. Th- it's it, that simple. If you give me good feedback, I will always listen to it. I will always accept that. But as soon as you come to my table and sign up for a Dungeons & Dragons 5th edition game and then at the end of the session complain that we play Dungeons & Dragons 5th edition, I'm just going to say, well, yeah, duh. Should have you fucking used your eyes to see what we were playing before you joined. Yeah, you know Go what you Go away again, into. please. Yeah, <laughs> just leave. But yeah. So that's it's... how you deal with impossible feedback. Yeah. But, Either but... you go specific, you become more specific, or you just ignore it.
1: Yeah. But, but I want to say that this happens rarely, at least for me. Yeah. Yeah. I really never had to kick out a player because of that. Because usually, at least for me, I surround myself with people that I want to play with. And we all know what we're getting into. Or we all don't know what we're getting into and trying out the stuff ourselves. Mm-hmm. And so then we can build upon the feedback we all give each other. Yeah, on improving the things we want to do. Yeah. But
0: that's... It it might happen, but it's rarely. It normally just never happens. I, I totally... Right? I'm not saying that this happens often because it doesn't. Most people are very happy to just play a game with friends or people they enjoy playing with. Oh, yeah. They don't... They don't care about... Uh, dungeons and dragons is shit. Uh, blah, 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 blah. as long as they can play and have fun everything is okay D d is just the biggest facilitator of that right now because a lot of people play it not because it's the system that best facilitates fun yeah so yeah we have two questions left to get into yes. so how and why? Oh, well, the why is already answered because it helps improvement uh, because it's improvement and all of that stuff. But how and why do you incorporate feedback?
1: Why? Because it helps enjoyment and how is step by step, little by little. Not everything at once. If you get Feedback about your role play. Start small. Start simple. Give the character some little quirks. Then, when you have that down, then give your character some sort of voice or describe the voice before you do the voices. Then you do character voices. Then you might change your posture because of your character voices. In terms of that, just do little steps because if you take on everything at once, it might get, might get discouraging when you don't get everything done the first time. So just change small little steps, and once you feel comfortable that you've in. Quote, quotation marks, mastered it, go to the next one. That would be my advice, tip, or whatever.
0: Tackling parts of where you can improve in little steps is really great advice, right? Do it in simple steps. If someone says, hey, your combat. You do too much combat for me. For my taste. That's something simple. Drive the number of combats down. Very simple to do. But then the next step becomes. Okay I drove the number of combats down. So I now make the combats we have. Itself more deadly. More engaging. More grand. Or bigger or something. Or you could say. Well before I just let my players run into combat. I add options to uh, go around the combat. To avoid it. Talking. Sneaking. Or whatever really. That also allows for less combat. More options more engagement more fun exactly so someone gives you this simple feedback of there's too much combat for me for my taste could you drive it down a bit you could just drive down the number of combats easy peasy but that also then has implications of, okay, how do I do that? Do I then elevate the few combats we have left? Do I make sure that most combats are not necessary but optional? That's a good way to incorporate this kind of feedback. So yeah, do it in steps. And if it's simple, just do it. <laughs> really, it's it's that simple because as Neil said, it's for fun at the table. If you do that, it's more fun for everyone. But I will say, one thing is, you as the DM are not a slave to your players. Oh yeah. You are not there to Just do as your players wish. You are not your player's pets or your player pet. You are just as much, in this instance, a player at the table. You are there for your enjoyment too. You are there because you want to have fun as well. So, if someone gives you a feedback that you think would destroy your or other people's enjoyment of the game, make compromises. Talk to everyone involved and find a solution. Do not just go off and do whatever your players say to you because they want it that way. Think about, well, okay, how do I want to do that? Okay, my players want a little bit of less combat, but I enjoy combat. So how do I combine my enjoyment of combat with their desire for less combat? That's combinable. I can tell you that much. Because it happened at my table. I'm not saying I love combat, but I really enjoyed how my players played combat. So I did put them in front of combat. But the player was, maybe we drive it down on combat a little bit. So we did. No problem at all. It was combinable. But it's a thing of, you need to look out to make compromises at the table so that everyone has fun. Because if someone says, I want that, and you do that, and that destroys the fun of another, they will say, no, I don't want that. And then you have a problem, because two players want Different things. That's why you have a session zero at the beginning. That's why it's okay to do re-session zeros again after you've had like three or four months of play because expectations change, as we talked mm. about. So the best tip I can do is always evaluate the feedback you get first before blindly incorporating it. Not oh, just yeah. because it can't m- might not be applicable, like the uh oh, you play Dungeons and Dragons, I don't want to play Dungeons and Dragons, which isn't feedback. Sure, you can play a different game. Sure, but that's not the point. Yeah. Then evaluate not not how good the feedback is, but evaluate how good you can incorporate the feedback, where it might clash with other expectations, other feedback you got, and then find compromises. If the feedback is easily realizable, do it. If you have to do a little a lot of thinking on it, put it into steps like Niels said, and evaluate each step where it might cause in quotation marks problems at the table or for the game.
1: Yeah. Then let me ask you this. We basically covered the topic. Did you have any sort of feedback that you incorporated that you wanted to talk about mm-hmm. in your own games? Well, Do you have any examples or yeah. stories? Yeah. Tell me.
0: First of all, right, I did session zero and after i've had the game running for i don't know i think 16 sessions i made three session zeros with all of my players and i got the feedback i just talked about about combat i want a little bit of less combat sure that was also the time where we still played online and that player didn't enjoy online as much and as we switched over to in person for example they their desire for less combat kind of changed they they didn't want more combat again but they were like i think just the problem was online combat for them that's what kind of that's what they said at least i don't enjoy online combat that much and that's understandable so i had a little bit of less combat it's very easy to incorporate that but also sometimes there's a little bit of bigger feedback for example the information you are giving to us is way too convoluted and way too unfeasible for me that i don't understand what's going on what you do then is a lot trickier but i did it What I did with my players because we decided as a group that this was the best way and this is now the advice I can give for very big feedback that might be a lot of things divided into steps right? We said it often enough now. But for the lore dumps, or for the convoluted lore, I and my players had a session where we met up and just collected all the lore we have into a document so we all know, or on the same page. That's what we did. You don't have to do that. But it's how we realized as a table would be the best way to deal with this. And that's the advice I can give. Find out a way to do this with your table. You are not in this alone as a dungeon master, or as a game master. You're never alone. You have your players. They are Are people you can talk to about the game? They are people you should go for feedback to because they are the ones that are influenced by what you do with the feedback. But they are the people that can give you the best input ever. Yeah, because they are the
1: nearest to it. Yeah. So they have hands-on experience with it, so they can give you the best feedback, obviously. Mm -hmm. Yeah, for me it would be about combat as well, because most of my players didn't like the easy but dragging out combats, but more short, condensed but heavy and hard combat mm-hmm. so i dialed, dialed down the number of combats we do but just increase the difficulty by a fuckload <laughs> yeah that was the feedback i got from my players and myself as well because it's just more interesting if you're on the verge of death it can but when it comes yeah, to combat right i only use deadly
0: combats oh yeah
1: because everything else is just yeah you barrel through it yeah okay you spend your second highest level spell slot yeah oh, who cares but if your cleric goes down and is making death saves and no one knows how many failed death saves you have that's fucking exciting because then you have to value do i greed or do i get uh, go for the kill and then help the cleric or do i take the risk in getting hit myself but helping the cleric now because he might die otherwise Mm -hmm. it just gives so many character advancement options within combat it just gives more exciting things to do or to say or to act on in combat and Mm -hmm. that's what we decided to do and one thing i am working on right now is more uh, being more descriptive Mm -hmm. because that's one thing i realized myself and then talked about with my players is i when i describe a scene i have a scene in my head i see a picture of it or basically a 3d view of my scene Mm -hmm. but my players don't and then i try to in Incorporate little things like decorations. I describe decorations a bit more from a door or something and try to incorporate it that way. And then turning that over to NPCs and then going into voices and stuff like that, Mm -hmm. but Mm -hmm. step
0: by step. And I'm currently working on that that's good that's really good best of luck on that obviously so to summarize this episode because we're at the end for today's topic we talked about feedback we talked about what feedback you want and what not to summarize you want the feedback where you actually can improve someone going off about some things you cannot really control or that should be obvious and you won't change should not be people you focus on. We talked about how you can get important feedback, where you can get it, when you can get it and how you can get it, right? We talked about what feedback actually is and we talked about um, how to incorporate it because that's the important part of it. Getting feedback alone isn't enough. You need to incorporate. You need to work with it. And the best thing we can say for working with feedback is taking it easy. Really, take it easy. Divide it into steps. Do every step one by one do the things your players want but watch out just just approach it like you would normally do with your friends because it's a friendly it's a friendly fun experience to play TTRPGs. it's not about who has the best table at all time it's hey i'm having fun with my friends and incorporating the feedbacks my friends give me makes the fun more fun so yeah do that have that intention in mind and you should be golden for every feedback that comes your way and again ignore the feedback that doesn't really help any way improve the fun because it doesn't improve the fun. Sure, there's someone saying they don't enjoy Dungeons & Dragons when you said, hey, I'm playing a Dungeons & Dragons game. Do you want to join? Sure, they can give you the feedback of I should maybe try other systems. Sure, I agree with that. But it doesn't help you for your Dungeons & Dragons game where you want the feedback now. So fuck it. So, I think I raged enough about people that don't give good feedback. (laughs) Niels, send us off for today. Alrighty. You can follow us as usual on Twitter and Instagram at
1: WDMPod. You can visit our website at www.wdm.com and you can donate to us on ko-fi if you wish so and please if you like this show leave a five star rating on spotify or wherever you get this podcast and with that hear you on the next one bye 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 people